Well, good evening, Regen. My name is Jacob Alger. I have a new life in Christ, and I'm recovering from control, people-pleasing, and codependency. Thank you. Uh, shout out to the Regen Struggle Finder for that one. Um, it is a privilege to be with you this evening, and I'm looking forward to opening God's Word together. And what I want to do is I want to read the passage that we're going to look at tonight, and I'm going to pray one more time, uh, and then we'll get rolling. So this is the word of God, John 1, verse 12. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Father, as we open your word and as we talk about the realities of John 1, 12 tonight, Lord, I pray that your spirit would instruct us, that you would guide us, that you would open our minds uh, to receive our hearts, uh, to all that you want to teach us tonight. Lord, we pray that your spirit would uh, help us be available to all that you want to do in our hearts, in our souls, in our lives uh, through the teaching of your word. Lord, we love you and we ask that in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, the first day of my seventh grade year, one of my really good friends came up to me and introduced me to a new guy who had transferred into my middle school and his name was Andre. And little did I know on that first day of my seventh grade year that Andre would soon become one of my closest friends. Uh, we played football together. I was the quarterback and he was the running back. There we are, my seventh grade year. And so we got to be really, really close. And it was before one of our games that we were talking, we were hanging out, and he mentioned something about his foster mom. And unsure of what that meant as a seventh grader, later that night, I went back home and I began to ask my mom to kind of explain to me uh, what that meant. So she started talking about foster care and adoption. And so that night, as she was talking about that, I asked with an innocent seventh grade heart if we could adopt Andre into our family. And I just thought like, man, my best friend becomes my brother. That'd be pretty cool. Uh, and I did not know then that less than a year later, that would actually become a reality, and that Andre would enter into our family and he would become my brother. And that next football season in eighth grade, we would actually be brothers together in the backfield rather than just best friends. Um, and I also didn't know that my family would continue expanding. Two years later, his biological brother, Dante, also came and joined my family. And so within the, within the span of two years, I had added two brothers into my family and my parents' grocery bill had probably quadrupled as they were now feeding four grown high school aged boys. And here's a picture of my family today. Uh, we've added some wives into the mix and also six grandkids in the span of three years. So we've had lots of activity going on in our household, but I start there to say this, is that my life and my family have been radically changed through adoption. My life and my family have been radically changed through adoption. And yet my family's story, I think, is merely a shadow, a dim reflection of a much greater story that I want to talk about tonight. I want to talk about our adoption as sons and daughters of God. And how through our adoption in Christ, we are given a new relationship with the Father and a new family because of the finished work of Jesus. And so first, we're given a new relationship with the Father through our adoption 
in Christ, prior to being adopted into the family of God, the scriptures describe us in Ephesians chapter 2 as actually being children of wrath, separated from God because of our sin, that we were dead in our trespasses. That at that time, our relationship to the Father was on the basis of our own works, which means that we were deserving of the death and wrath because of our sins and what it merited before a righteous and holy God. And yet one of the most amazing and beautiful realities that becomes ours through adoption in Christ is that we get to become children of God. John 1, 12, as I just read and prayed earlier, it says that all who did receive him, meaning Jesus, and believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. That because of the work of his own son on our behalf, that we would be given a new relationship to the Father. Meaning that God no longer relates to us based on what our sins have deserved and by what our works have merited, but on the basis of what Jesus has done in our place. By dying the death which we deserved, by first living the life that we could not live, to meet up to the holy and perfect standard of God, to then die in our place, to be buried and raised three days later, conquering sin, death, and Satan so that we could enter into his family. The work of Jesus on our behalf. And friends, here's why this is good news for you tonight and for me, is that it means that in Christ and through our adoption in him, God the Father no longer relates to you or to me on the basis of your porn addiction, your marital unfaithfulness, your pride, your control, your gluttony, your self-harm, your disobedience, whatever it may be that you walk in here carrying tonight, that in Christ and through the work of his son and our being united to him, we are offered a spot in his family that he would relate to us as his own beloved children in the same way that he relates to his own son, Jesus. It's the ultimate reversal that we would move from being enemies of God, children of wrath, separated and distant from him because of our sin, to being adopted into his family, into a deep and meaningful and intimate relationship with him as his own children. And it's through this new relationship with the Father that we are also invited into a new family. I just wonder how many of you maybe in this room, as I just described that, you may have thought to yourself now or some point in the past, man, that sounds great. Like a relationship with a God who loves me, who cares for me, who provides for me, that sounds great. But how do I actually experience that? Like what does that actually tangibly look like in my life? And I recognize that for some of you, maybe the concept of God as father or the idea of family is associated with tremendous hurt or pain or dysfunction in your past or maybe even your present. And I think that was certainly true of my brothers prior to becoming a part of my family. And yet as they became a part of a new family, they learned over the course of time, a new way of relating to my parents and to me and my brother as siblings. And that over the course of time, as they learned that new way of belonging to our family, they began to see and experience a new way of life. 
And I think the same, in a sense, is true of us, is that when we believe and receive the free gift of salvation that is offered to us in and through Jesus, we are also brought now into his family or the church, surrounded by the people of God. Paul would go on to write in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 18 through 19, he would say this, for, though, for through him, meaning Jesus, we both have access by one spirit to the Father. And now, therefore, you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God that it's within the church that he intends for us to live and to experience and to embody together and to one another the realities of who God is. That it's within the church that God intends for us to be cared for, to be encouraged, to be grown, to be embraced, to be taught, to be admonished, to be built up into the image of his own son, Jesus who is the very head of his church. And for some of you here this evening, you maybe call Watermark your church home. Others of you, maybe this is your first time stepping through the doors of a church in years. And what I want to tell you is that regardless of the circumstances that you walk in here with tonight, is that God intends for you to experience the power and the provision of a new family that you would experience tangibly what it means to see and to experience his grace, his mercy, his forgiveness, his discipline, and his love surrounded by family members who help show and embrace and embody those things to you and with one another. And we just want you to know that as a part of this church, speaking specifically about Watermark, is that we are not afraid of your past, your hurts, your pains, your sin, your brokenness, past or present or future, because we believe in the power of a God who redeems, who heals, who frees, and who restores those who come to him by faith. Paul David Tripp says it this way. It'll be up on the screens. This is beautiful. There is nothing that could be exposed about you that Jesus hasn't already taken care of. And if you are a child adopted by the God of the universe, you have every reason to live with courage, honesty, humility, and approachability. I'll tell you a story. I was just with a group of men yesterday, like yesterday afternoon. And one of them shared very vulnerably about how two years ago, he was in the darkest place that he had ever been, where he was dealing with intrusive thoughts, not just about what he might do to himself, but what he might do to the people around him. And he talked about how he began to hear the voice and the lies telling him, you are absolutely crazy. If you ever tell people this, they are going to abandon you. I mean, for Pete's sake, they probably will think that you're a serial killer. Those are his words. A dark place. And yet, by an act of faith, he chose to share those thoughts that he was having with a member of this church. And you want to know what happened to him? No one ran out on him. No one called him crazy. Nobody stared wide-eyed at him. They embraced him. 
met him with the love and kindness of God. And they helped him to take some radical steps of obedience. And now this brother, while he's still fighting his flesh, he's actively abiding with Jesus. He's surrounded by the community of God's people. And here in just a few months, he's gonna stand at an altar and make a covenant commitment to his soon-to-be wife. His life has been radically changed by the truths that we're talking about tonight. That's the power of God offered to us and made available through Christ to have a new relationship to the Father to be lived out now in a context of a new family. So for some of you this evening, maybe you've come in here and you don't have a new relationship with the Father. You've never placed your faith in Jesus as your Lord and your Savior. And what I wanna make abundantly clear to you tonight is that Jesus' invitation is for you to come, to come. Revelation twenty two seventeen says, the spirit and the bride say, come. And let the one who hears say, come. And let the one who is thirsty come. Let the one who desires take the water of life without price. Friends, if that's you, I'd invite you to receive him, to believe in him by faith. And that tonight you could move from being a child of wrath to being a child of God, the very beloved of God the Father because of Christ the Son. And so if that's you tonight, I would encourage you as you leave and go to your small groups to talk with your leaders tonight about what that would look like for you to place your faith in Christ. Others of you, maybe you've received a new relationship with Jesus and with the Father, but you've not fully participated with his family, or maybe you've even separated yourself from his church. And tonight, I just wanna lovingly invite you and call you to return, to belong to the body of Christ where you can be known, where you can be loved, you can be encouraged, and you can be built up and matured as his child. And then for those of you who are, who are committed to a local church, whether it's Watermark or another, I wanna encourage you tonight to allow the closest of the people that are walking with you to walk with you in authenticity and vulnerability, maybe in such a way that you would set an example for others as you continue taking inventory, confessing sin, making amends, walking in repentance, that you would call others to do the same. Wherever you are this evening, my prayer is that we together would remember, we would consider, we would ponder the work and the wonder of Jesus, the Son of God, who out of love took our place, died the death which we deserved, and overcame sin, death, and Satan, so that we might become adopted children of God, sons and daughters by faith in him.